Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. To living a robust, 
vibrant, mature Christian life. And so we're going to use this story today as a jumping off point to talk about this, this topic. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? What does he do? And we're going to cover that in just a few points. Although I can probably preach an entire sermon series and then some on the Holy Spirit. Um, we're going to talk about three points today. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives us a new identity. Number two, he sanctifies us. And number three, he sends us. So first... The Holy Spirit gives us a new identity. So before we become Christians, it is important to recognize our spiritual status before God. So because some people, you ask some neighbors out in the world, and they'll say, well, what do you think about humanity? What's our, what's our status? And I think everyone we talk to will probably acknowledge, yeah, there's some, there's, some, there's some bad, right? There's some bad stuff in humanity. However, on the whole, we are able to overcome our sins. We're able to overcome the brokenness of men and come out on top. It's a glass half full perspective, a glass half full anthropology, if you will, on humanity. But that's not Bible perspective. Bible perspective is not if you try hard enough, you can overcome all of the sin and brokenness in your life. That's not what the Bible says. What the Bible says is that in Romans, all have short, fallen short of the glory of God. The flood narrative in Genesis has a very sobering assessment. It says, The Lord saw the great wickedness of the human race, and that they become how wicked the earth was. The Lord saw how the great wickedness of the human race had become evil, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So that's before the flood. Okay? Only evil all the time. Not flattering. Muchas gracias. Thank you. childhood. Okay, so that's, that's, that's after the flood. It's still the same. It's still a problem. And so to cap it off, Ephesians chapter 2 says that, number one, we were dead in our sins. And number two, we're therefore, by nature, children of wrath. This is not a glass half full assessment of humanity. This is more like the glass is empty and shattered on the floor. It is not good. Martin Luther wrote, we need God to intervene. We need to be given a new identity. He says in his catechism, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. Can't even have faith of my own accord. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the one true Christian faith. But the Holy Spirit, it is he 
that we need. It is he who gives us a new identity. It's he who transforms that glass half empty, shattered on the floor, that identity, and transforms it into something new. We receive a new birth. And so we receive that Holy Spirit in baptism. And that's why we may have baptism today. That's why it's such a big deal for Christians to be baptized. It's not a symbol. It's not something that we're doing, but something that God is doing in the heart of somebody. He's creating faith in the heart of a person. In baptism, God, the Holy Spirit himself, gives spiritual birth to us, and we are born again to an entirely new life. Our only hope, therefore, is to be born of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 1, verse 13 says that we are children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. And Jesus says in John 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and spirit gives birth to spirit. We need the waters of baptism. We need the spirit. And you might ask yourself, well, I, I came to faith. I came to a decision of faith. It, didn't I make that decision? Well, you made that decision because the Holy Spirit had come inside your heart, and you heard the word of God, and you were like, hey, I've been born again. I'm going cho- to choose Christ. God enabled you to do that. Okay? That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. It's, it's incredible. And so from that moment on, we have a new identity. The Bible says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We're children of God. Our new identity. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is like daddy, a term of endearment. You have an intimate, close relationship. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That is our spirit-given, God-given, new identity. And so here's what that means. You are who God says you are. You are not what your life experience has told you. You are not what your spouse or ex-spouse has told you. You are not what your parents have told you. You're not what your own thoughts have condemned you to be. You are not condemned. You are not worthless. You are not unlovable. You are not unwanted. You are not a mistake. You're none of those things. So what are you instead? You're God's own child. Born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Given new life. A son or a daughter. When God the Father looks down upon you, he says, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And you, I'm well pleased. That is who you are. By the power of Christ and his crucifixion and his death, his his resurrection from the grave and the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, he testifies that you are a child of God. So the Holy Spirit, he comes alongside us. And John, Jesus described the Spirit as a paraclete, or in Greek, the parakletos. He is uh, this this one that comes alongside. So in in Greece, uh, there was a... uh, something called a parakletos. It's a larger ship. So in 
turbulent seas or in a storm and there was a smaller ship making its way into harbor, there would be the Paracletos that would come alongside that smaller ship and guide it into safety, guide it into a safe haven. And we are prone to doubt our identity. We're in, in those storms of life, in the turbulence of our world, we're, doubt, we're prone to doubt our identity as God's kids. And in those storms, we can wonder and kind of revert back to previous ways of thinking or, or believing certain lies about ourselves. And we might say, am I actually a failure? Am I, am I loved? Am I truly forgiven? Am I worth anything? And the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, comes alongside our small little ship, shelters us from the storm, and he testifies to and with our spirit that no, you are in fact God's own child. And along with Jesus, we can cry out, Abba, Father. We don't have to be afraid. We can be confident knowing that God loves us and he's well pleased with us. We are in fact forgiven. We are in fact loved. We are in fact refreshed and renewed and chosen in Christ. And in fact, before the foundations of the world is what it says in Ephesians. This is all a gift given and revealed to us by Holy Spirit. Who has given us that new identity. Because we have a new God-given identity, the Holy Spirit works on a second thing. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us. Sanctification is a great theological term. Let me tell you what it means. Sanctification is the process of being made more and more like Jesus, being more and more holy, more and more set apart for the purposes and the will of God in this world. So the calling of the Christian life is not to just receive grace and do nothing else with it. Or as the Romans, Paul will say in Romans, uh, shall we go on sinning that grace might increase? No! That's not the whole idea. That's not what we're here for. But it is to receive grace and respond in obedience to God. To God. The call of Jesus on our lives and the work of the Holy Spirit in us is to train us to live out the eternal life that Jesus has given to us by his cross and his resurrection. His eternal life starts not in heaven, it starts today. It starts right now. It starts every day that we are here on this earth as Jesus' disciples. And so we need to live that eternal life out. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 13, so, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Okay, so we don't sin. That's not what we're here for. We're called apart. We're set apart, given eternal life. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So we're being trained. Holy Spirit's training us to be something different, be something new, to be something transformative in this world. So the devil, though, and the world, we, they will have us believe that to, to follow God is to somehow deprive ourselves of true joy. Well, you could be having fun, but you chose to be a Christian. So, that's not what it is. The God, God is this, in the devil's words or in the world's words, he is the ultimate killjoy, the ultimate wet blanket. And the world would say that if you chose not to follow your desires, if you choose to, in fact, maybe 
hold those desires back and curb those things and repress them, you're actually doing harm to yourself. And this is a complete perversion of reality. Because Jesus reveals what the actual agenda of the devil is. He says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to what? Steal and kill. That is it. He, that's all he's there for. He's not, he's not there to give you a, a good and full and abundant life. That's all he's there for. He's there to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Sin and the devil are never capable of providing life because their entire agenda is to bring about death and chaos in your life. Jesus has come that we can live the abundant life. God is not the ultimate killjoy. He is the one who says, I know how this works. I know how that how life can be full and abundant. Even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of pain and trial, I can bring about fullness of life. Trust me. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, let's do that. Come alongside me, Christian, and we'll do this together. And this happens, as I said, in our lives by the power of the Spirit. Our obedience to God and His will in our lives stems not from our own kind of our own willpower, you know, we're pulling up our own bootstraps. It stems from a new identity that God has given to us. Christianity is not merely a behavior modification program. A lot of people think it is. It is not. Without being transformed and born again, as we've established in the first point, you are spiritually dead. Dead in your sins. Child of wrath. That is what we need. We need to be transformed. Apart from the Holy Spirit working in our lives to choose life, to choose God's will, we literally cannot please God. It says in Romans 8, 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Can't do it. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but indeed in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And the Spirit of God, friends, hey, he lives in you. You can please God. You can seek to do the will of your Father. And since we've been baptized, since we have been born again of water and the Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in us and we can please God, not out of fear, where we say to ourselves, oh my goodness, I had better please God, I'd better, you know, love my wife and be good to my kids and and not steal or cheat on my taxes, because otherwise God's going to be mad at me. That's That's not what we're operating from. We're not operating from fear, we're saying... No, I know that I have been accepted. I know that I'm a child of God. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to persuade God that I'm worthwhile to have around. No, God has said, I want you and I have chosen you before the foundations of the world. You have been given the gift of the Spirit in your baptism. You, therefore, are mine. And out of that confidence, out of that trust, out of that promise, we can say, yes, I will joyfully obey you, Lord. I can't wait to do what you want me to do because I'm not doing it out of fear. It inspires us towards love. It's a love that when we experience it through the power of the Spirit becomes so satisfying that sin itself eventually and increasingly seems just eh, uninteresting. And you'll notice if you've walked with Christ for a while... 
keeping in step with the Spirit, as it says. You, you, you could probably testify to that. You're just like, I used to do this thing. I was one way, and now I'm another. I used to be, like, fixated on this stuff, and over here, I'm not that way anymore. Not to say that temptation just disappears from the life of a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. But, as Scripture says, if we keep in step with the Spirit, we will experience more freedom from temptation and from sin. Because we're being trained. And this doesn't happen just by like a vacuum. You know, it's not like by osmosis, just by being a Christian, like confessing faith. You, you become better at this. I mean, this, this is a training. It says that uh, if we have the Holy Spirit, we will be drawn to read Scripture. And if you're thinking, I'm not sure if the Holy Spirit has ever drawn me to read Scripture. Well, let me cue you in. This is the Holy Spirit doing that right now. This is the sign. If you were waiting for a sign, this is your sign. The Holy Spirit uses God's Word, even the spoken word of a sermon, to call God's people to action in obedience to Him. So if you've been looking for a sign to get into the Bible, this is it. This is critical to your growth as a Christian. I cannot emphasize that enough. Go to church, really good. Be a part of a small group, excellent. But daily feeding yourself. If you, didn't, if you came and had, had a meal once a week, do you think you'd be doing well? I'd imagine not. We need to be eating daily, consuming the bread of life, the word of God. We need to be consuming that. And the Holy Spirit, as we get to know the character of God, the Holy Spirit will reveal the will of God and the knowledge of God and who God is to us more and more. We're rooted in our identity. We flow out of that identity. And we're doing things in the name of the Lord. Spirit changes us through that process. So the Holy Spirit, he gives us a new identity. He sanctifies us. He trains us to be more like Christ. Gives us Christ-like character. Love and joy and peace and patience and all that stuff we really, really crave in this life. And also, he sends us. Spiritual transformation isn't just for you. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus speaks about the apostles receiving the Spirit. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. And this is the most natural thing in the world. Right here. Disciples of Jesus who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who want to keep in step with the Spirit, will be witnesses for Christ. Even without even saying a word, that'll happen. Because their lives are being the transformative evidence of the transformative power of God. And we notice that. As I said earlier, I was one way, and now you are another way. And some people will notice that. You're different. What's up with that? And as you know this, when you live an abundant life, people kind of want a little piece of that. Gosh, it'd be, you seem like your marriage is getting better. It seems like you have greater self-control. You've, you've kicked certain habits. That Where is that coming from? Let me tell you. You can speak to that. 
You know, in the story, beginning of the message today, we read about those believers who hadn't even heard about the Holy Spirit. I hope you know them a bit better today. Luke calls these people disciples. When Paul questions them, he asks about whether they had received the Spirit when they believed. So they were Christians. And since the Bible makes it clear elsewhere that no one can say by that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, it's clear these men had the Spirit in some measure. So it's not like he was completely absent. However, look what happens in verse 3 of Acts chapter 19. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, he replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. So he's discipling them further in the faith. Okay, they believe that there's that we believe in a Messiah, we believe in Jesus, but we need to have a bit more clarity about what we've received. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So every Christian who believes in Jesus has the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. If you are a Christian, if you declare your faith today, a declaration, you have the Holy Spirit. You have, if you will, think about your furnace at home, the pilot light of your furnace. It's always burning, always there. You know it's on. You can look into your furnace when you get home. But when the heat comes on, what happens to that pilot light and the other bits of the furnace? Whoosh, right? It, it becomes a burning flame, an intense flame that heats the entire house. These disciples learned more about their faith. They learned more about the Holy Spirit. When Paul prayed for them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The pilot light of faith that they had, the little flickering flame went whoosh. And the Spirit of God showed up in a more evident way. So there's something here for you. Jesus promised in the Gospel of Luke, if you then know, you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So today, if you want to receive assurance of your identity in Christ... If you want to be sanctified and live the abundant life that God wants you to live. If you want to be sent out to be God's representatives and do God's will in your marriage and to do uh, his will in your family and your workplace and your neighborhood. To be a more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, gentle, good person. The Holy Spirit's going to do that. That's his work. And the Father wants to give you more of his Holy Spirit so you can receive and begin to experience these things. So what I want you to want to do today is pray for us all to receive the Holy Spirit. So if you're a Christian, like I said, you already have the Holy Spirit. You got that pilot light of faith, pilot light of the Holy Spirit right there. And maybe you say, God, turn on the heat. Whoosh. Help me follow you. Help me be everything you want me to be. Let me experience the Holy Spirit and his power and his influence in my life, that I firmly know that I am a chosen and loved child of God. That's what you pray for today. That's what the Father wants to give you. 
So right now, and even I would invite during prayer, after communion, after you commune and come to the prayer rail, we can pray. Let's receive the Holy Spirit. God, would you fill this person with the Holy Spirit today? Would you fill them with just your grace and just your the assurance of your affection and the power to do what you have wanted them to do all along? And I'll start by praying as I conclude the message today, the ancient prayer of the church. Come, Holy Spirit. Pray, please pray with me. Lord, come, Holy Spirit. God, I pray for all of us that we would be filled with your Holy Spirit. We all have received you if we have confessed Jesus. You are the one who made it possible. But Lord, we want more of you. We want to be filled with your Spirit today, Lord. We want to do your will. We want to better understand who and whose we are. We want to be sent out. We want to be filled with the character that you want to produce in us. We want to be loving and joyful and peaceful and patient, all the rest. We want those things, Lord, and would you give it to us today? May it begin today. Let's start here. Process of transformation, of sanctification. Be made more like you, Jesus. So come, Holy Spirit, and fill us today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.